Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guests are David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogney-Kidd. Before I bring them on, just a couple of announcements. You can always get new episodes free on Rockfin, Odyssey, and all podcast platforms. Check us out on Rockfin. This is where you get all our awesome premium content, regular shows, and all the amazing content from every creator that's there on Rockfin. Check out all the new amazing podcasts by the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You can get them all in one place, our website, forbiddenknowledge.news, or you can just click the link in the description. We also have Facebook pages. I really never talk about these, but they are there. They always have been. Those links are in the description. You can follow us there to get show announcements, updates, and other important information. And finally, check out our merch store. You can get t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, and all kinds of awesome FKN gear. Today, I want to welcome back to the show Dr. David Bettenhausen and Carla Bogney-Kidd. They have been close friends since 1998, feeling a deeper spiritual kinship for each other. They had spontaneous memories of 29 past lives together while meditating. They went on to get past life regression training with Dr. Brian Weiss. Now they spread their message of love and kindness and teach holistic approaches to healing. They teach meditation at their local university and senior centers and share their message together. The gift of past lives and love is the answer. Dave and Carla, welcome back. How are you doing? We're great, Chris. How are you? Yeah, we're doing great. Great, Chris. It's good to see you again. Yes, good to see you both. I'm doing excellent. I appreciate you both taking the time coming back on. Last time I had a great discussion. Uh, We discussed your books, The Gift of 
past lives with Mother Isabella, God and Elizabeth, and hell no, reincarnation with Mother Isabella, God and Elizabeth. Uh, Today we're going to be discussing a little bit about your new book, The Manual, and see where we can go from there. Um, It's been a little while since you've been on, so I appreciate you coming back. I'd love to tell uh, for you to tell us what was it that brought you to uh, write this new book, The Manual? Well, again, Chris, for those people who may not have seen the one before, mm-hmm. Carla and I had an experience um, where we had a past life memory in Chicago. We did investigations and we found birth certificates of who Carla was in 1920. In 1925, we found wedding announcements. We found all sorts of things related to that. We found a man named Angelo Jenna, who was a gangster back then. We continued to to push forward, and Carla and I have found 29 past lives together uh, over the last 6,000 years here on Earth. And so our experience was with these 29 past lives. So that sort of started us down a path. We included some of our past lives in our first book. We did as much investigation on past lives as we could, which really brought us to the second book, Hell No. And then we kept looking at everything about reincarnation, about the world that we would consider the physical world and the material realm and and the non-physical or that unseen realm. And we've been trying to figure out how all of this connects to the experiences that we've had, experiences that a lot of people have had. And we started looking at those and we realized that past life memories, the memories that a lot of people who have experienced near-death experiences have, those people that have had experiences with mediums, psychics, um, even those people who have experienced past over loved ones that come to visit them, people who say they've been contacted by ghosts and even those people with out-of-body experiences there's something going on here that covers a very large realm of experiences that are related and even potentially those people who have maybe contact with out-of-this-world experiences even an extraterrestrial experience if you want to call that All these experiences are something that's not connected to this physical world as we experience it. So we started trying to look at all of those things. And some of the things that we found out they had in common is, again, there's this world that we don't see, we don't experience. It may be called the spiritual world, if you want to call that the non-physical experience, but that's where we're at. And all of these things seem to have some sort of a common thread. And the common thread seems to be the word consciousness or what people call the soul. And somehow we need to figure out where does consciousness really exists? And where do people go when they're not in contact with this physical reality. And we started looking at all those things and we found that they're very interesting because it appears that possibly consciousness actually needs to connect to the physical existence. 
and we started looking at a lot of things of how consciousness applies in quantum physics and how quantum physics says we create the experience of this physical world. And then we start getting to the fact that quantum physics really predicts that we see things based on our perceptions, our five realities, you know, our five senses. And when we look at these things, we realize what we observe or witness through our five senses is equal to the equations that govern fluctuation of energy, waveforms, and these create our reality. So somehow we're part of the creation of our reality. However, we also know that without reality, the human consciousness does not communicate until it has a, an experience here. Shared experience. A shared experience. Because communication is really, when we have communication, we have experiences that we can share with each other. And one of the simplest example is this thing we call consciousness or the soul mm -hmm. doesn't know what a dog is till it sees a dog. Right. That's really the purpose of our physical existence is to experience things so that we can share and communicate. If we can't share and communicate, then consciousness is floating around there. It has no bearing to each other. Even if it could communicate telepathically, which is what appears to occur between the spiritual world and this one, it would have nothing to share without the physical experience. Yeah, and so, I was talking with someone about that the other day. It's like consciousness wants to grow and expand and learn and experience as much, as many different physical experiences as possible. Uh, so that falls right into what we were just talking about the other day. Correct. So we, we have to have this experience. Otherwise, this thing that we call consciousness or soul, that part that's not part of our physical body that connects with the physical body, which is the way we look at it for reincarnation is consciousness is reattaching to a new soul, to a, a new physical body, and then to another new physical body. And it goes somewhere, this unseen world, unseen realm, heaven, the spiritual world, whatever you want to call that experience, which is non-physical, not controlled by the physical world, which is energy, matter, you know, it's outside of this part of that realm, but it still exists. It's the same thing that an NDE person says. I went to a world where time matter doesn't matter, doesn't exist. It's a being of light. I seem to be telepathic. I seem to understand, see. And it's interesting because near-death experience people report their experience is affected really by their physical experiences on earth. A lot of NDE people start to report that what they saw was somewhat what they expected to see in heaven. And so those people who have a religious experience and see angels and Jesus expected they would see angels and Jesus because that's the experience they have had and they can't share an experience they haven't had. 
That's really interesting, and it makes a lot of sense as to how we would, you know, perceive the nature of reality and uh, life after death and what happens. Uh, anything to, to add to that, Carla? No, he's doing really well. The only thing he has not said is that uh, you really cannot communicate love in the physical world if you've never experienced lack of love, nor can you understand it. Ah, so that would be a, I guess, one of the many reasons to repeat and reincarnate, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Correct. And and if part of our, and if you know this from some of our other podcasts, Chris, is part of our reason is we have free will in this world, so we can experience love by choice, because if it was coerced or forced, we couldn't experience love because it wouldn't be real love if it was forced. So we need this experience of that. And also if you go back to our time between lives experiences that we've had with reincarnation, or you go back to those patient people, I won't say patients, those people who have had near death experiences, they experience unconditional love when they're there in that near death experience. Well, if they've never, experience the lack of non of unconditional love when they return to that spiritual world the unseen realm they wouldn't know that they're experiencing unconditional love so part of this experience in this world is to allow us to experience in the unseen realm the spiritual world the world where our ancestors live our other loved ones live what we experience as ghosts or spirits live. We can't experience them and communicate with them if we don't have shared experience. Now, I want to go back to consciousness for a second and sure. your understanding of what is consciousness. I was talking to somebody a good friend of mine, and we were kind of discussing what consciousness is. And they kind of compared it to, uh, say, a big, huge, massive emanation of light that is covered with a colander, and the colander has thousands of holes, and the light is emanating through each of these holes, and that is kind of like us uh, experiencing each of our individual experiences in our own incarnation through these little holes of light and it's it's kind of a I guess a good example of what his understanding of source was that it's a collection of all of our consciousness that kind of breaks apart into these individual little pieces what do you think about that Dave I, I, I think he's talking about a pod he's sort of talking about a pod and he's sort of mm -hmm. talking about again the grid the grid and I'll and I'll try to explain a little of that it's all again, in the manual. Yeah, it's all in the manual. We, we have a place where all of us would exist together. And that existence, depending on your, your experience of source, God, creator, Tao, however you want to look at that, much like your friend says in our book, it says, we are all sparks individual sparks of love from God created and, and, and sent out. That's the same picture that he's saying as we are all light and all portions of us are sent out 
in our experience, we're connected by our spirit guide to source. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of our, the reach out or the hand of God reaching out to us. It's how we're connected. For some people, they experience that as what they call a tether. In some experiences, they'll say they feel like they're connected to source or creator or God. And that connection is how we connect back to that part of light energy that is not physical, that doesn't really respond to physical laws here. You know, the NDEers say they don't experience time and energy and, and et cetera during the period of time there. Now, for us, that's part of that sort of cause and effect that we see in the physical world. We say that, you know, the physical world had a beginning. We see that the cause and effect, we see evolution over time. We see that there's a development of communication over time. And we see a time when the perception of reality is tied directly to your personal experience. And when we look at all that, that's when things start to exist for all of us. Well, that's all part of, if you have a religious experience related to this, existence creation is all start at the beginning of the universe. That God, Tao, source, creator, emanates this light or energy that really starts something from consciousness, which is nothing, to become something. And the force of nature itself continues to carry us forward. Right. We find it very interesting that as, as the world evolved, as life evolved, as humans devolved, humans and animals both can communicate. But there becomes a, a time when humans can still have a part of communication that no other animal does. And that's the ability to promise today and keep the promise tomorrow. That occurs six to 10,000 years ago in the evolutionary process of man. That's the same time religion starts to show up in the world because if there's some sort of commitment that can be made from today to tomorrow, and humans can make a commitment from today to tomorrow, then we start to experience something that says, what we do today matters tomorrow. And that's what most people call a religious experience. It's not religion as in doctrine of a church. It's religion is there are consequences related to cause and effect, related to our experience of karma, so that what happens in one life addresses the experience we have in the next life. And something has to coordinate this. Whatever the big consciousness, whatever is God, creator, Tao, source, somehow coordinates through natural laws of nature, our karma, our next experiences. And some of those experiences are things that we already have report, been reporting on in, for thousands of years. And through our spirit guides, they've been helping us with things like our connection to astrology, archetypes, traits, 
and how those are related to karma and how they come back. And that's really what the manual is about. How creator God source is using laws of nature, astrology, and those things to affect our next life, our next birth, and how karma plays out in those things over a period of time so that consciousness continues to grow and grows in a positive way until it learns all the lessons it needs. And again, from our past ones, our lessons are avoid conceit, selfishness, jealousy, and unforgiveness, and make all decisions out of love because that love is to what we're going to return. The unconditional love that occurs in the unseen realm with the overall consciousness, God, creator, Tao source. Wow, that's a lot to digest. But in a way, it sounds like we're we're kind of creating our our own karma, and you know our own outcomes in a certain way. Is that am I understanding correctly? That's that's correct. Part of people who are anti-God, atheistic, sometimes approach God and say, "Why does God let bad things happen?" God allows free will to let things happen. Why did God make us not this perfect loving creature? Because in an unfriendly world, without adversity, we would never feel like we were a success. The fight or flight is part of our instinct that we have to evolve out of. But we must fight with each other, at least in the beginning, or we wouldn't survive. We wouldn't survive over the other animals. We wouldn't have the ability to evolve forward. The survival of the fittest evolution as science sees it is part of our ability to overcome. And the ability to overcome adversity makes us successful and people without success have no purpose. And we need a purpose. And our purpose is to overcome adversity, to return. All of this has got to be coordinated by something. Seven billion lives on earth now, it doesn't happen by chance. There is so much fine tuning of the universe for survival on this planet at this time in the way that it works for us to be able to overcome life after life, because is one life enough? How many lessons can you learn? What happens in a life that only lasts five minutes or a life that lasts 30 years or a life that lasts 70? Did you really address and learn every lesson? Did you really see all sides? You know, we've had past lives where we've been Muslim, Catholic, Christian, and, and we believe pagan, because without looking at each side, how will we really understand? We've been in lives where we've fought on both sides of the same war. Mm -hmm. And you start to realize in war, there really is no winner. That's when cooperation starts to matter. That's where language communication, which allows you to make a promise for tomorrow matter, because we can start to cooperate. That's where humans have the ability to cooperate. And that's part of even the problem with us as a society, as a world now. We keep trying to divide into tribes 
when the reality is it's cooperation that brings us together. If we separate, the only thing we can do is fight. And if we don't talk, we fight. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Anything uh, to add to that, Carla, before we move on? Well, it's interesting that he said that um, our very first life, which was um, just over 6,000 years ago, by the way, we were not Adam and Eve. Um, there were thousands of conscious couples or souls who interacted with the laws of nature as created by God, Source Tao. Um, and in that very first life, we wrote about this in our second book, Hell No. It's one of the seven stories that's in there about our past lives. You know, it was our very first life and my life was cut short because of our neighbor's jealousy. You know, it was rather primitive back then. We had a garden. We were in a community where we lived there the longest. So our garden was the most plentiful and the most beautiful. And we had neighbors that came in that wanted to take and steal um, from our garden. And actually, um, Dave's name was David at the, in that life. And he told them that he would share anything that they absolutely needed. But they took that as him being arrogant instead of being humble. And they set the garden on fire. And ultimately, I was murdered in the middle of the fight that ensued. So from, from the very beginning, um, there was that jealousy, selfishness, conceit, and unforgiveness. It, it began at the very beginning. As soon as we were here and we were allowed, humans were allowed to make our own decisions. We didn't do too good. That's why we're back for the 29th time. <laughs> 29th time together. We've actually, I've had yeah. 42. Carla's had 34 past lives that we know of. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fascinating. But as, as you were talking about your friend mm -hmm. um, and the light, in the manual we talk about, um, I, I should say for people that have not heard us before, um, we don't like to put a label on Dave's gift. Dave can communicate with the spiritual world just like we are with you, Chris. Mm -hmm. And um, what Dave has um, been given in the manual is how we are created each individually from the very beginning and then um, consecutively. And we actually talk about, um, I think there's six different famous people from history in there. And we talk about three of their consecutive lives. Um, one of them, like Napoleon, the life he had before Napoleon, the life he had after. And so that you can see how um, his particular life was created and coordinated and why he went on to be what he was in the next life based on his karma. But in the manual, we talk about um, all of the twelves in life. There's a lot of twelves and I don't want to give them away because they're quite interesting, but I'll just say, you know, there's 12 dozen donuts <laughs> or 12 <laughs> donuts in a dozen that sticks with me. Um, but the world, and I'm going to let Dave take over because he's, he's a lot better when it comes to things like dodecahedrons. So I'm going to let him talk about the dodecahedron and the light shining through. All right. Sure. So again, your friend was talking about eminence of light. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, Chris. Um, there's even some studies on the universe that says the universe is potentially 12-sided with all sides being equal, flattened. That was one study. Now there's a lot of people that talk about the universe as a 
somewhat flat, but it's still three-dimensional. But the universe, um, one of the theories is the universe could be expanding as a dodecahedron, which really means it's, it's going in all directions rapidly because of the pull of gravity, it pulls in the sides. And dodecahedron is really an interesting shape because a dodecahedron stacks on side of itself and next to itself in a way that there are no gaps and no empty spaces. So it completely fills the space with matter. And that's sort of an important thought of the universe because the universe is never devoid of anything. There is no actual vacuum. It, it all contains something. So as the universe expands, it appears to expand that it could expand as a 12-sided figure. The dodecahedron is also something that's important because it is the place that we go between lives. It's, an, it's a representation. And part of that representation is a 12-sided figure doesn't reflect light like we normally see. Most light refracts at 90 degrees and everybody knows what it looks like when it goes through a prison. But all angles in a dodecahedron are 108 degrees. And so all light refracts differently, which makes the light expand in all directions because no sides are parallel. So this universal experience of light or God is actually refracted in all directions in a unseen realm that you would experience if you were in the spiritual world, which is why many people who are in the experience, the, who have had near-death experiences, people in life between lives, um, past life regression, even people possibly that have been abducted, maybe having a spiritual experience, and not all of them could be extraterrestrials, their experience that they see is so much light that it is undirected, and the spectrum looks completely different. And they don't experience things as they experience on earth because they're in a confused state. And they start to see spiritual beings or extraterrestrials, and they all seem to be explained the same. They have this curvature that appears to be a head, but it's not the normal head. They have energy coming out through lights in their eyes that is not normal. It's because there is not normal perception like it is on earth in a non-spiritual, in a spiritual world where they're experiencing these things. And all of those things explain part of our out of body, out of this world experience where the experience doesn't seem to match the experience that we have in the physical world because we do not have our eyes, our nose, our smell, our sense of touch. It's an experience that we're sharing that is all expanding light in all angular directions related to this shape or the dodecahedron. And, and all of those lights in the dodecahedron are connected. And that's, and some of those connections for those people who have heard us talk, the closer the connections to the lights that you are there, the closer it is to your soul family 
or your soul group that you continue to return with. And so those people keep coming. Those lights closest to you return with you more often. And, and Dave said, "My Dave, explain what a pod is then so that we can you can go further with what you're just saying. Yes. And so a pod is where you actually go that is warm and safe when you're not in this physical plane. And the pods are connected in all directions to other pods. And so the group of pods closest to you becomes your soul family. And your pod is radiating light in all directions. And in each pod is a spirit guide. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And three other souls that become soul sisters, soul brothers, if you want, that are related to you, that return with you frequently and or fill for you if you do not return in specific lives. Dave's and my pods actually connect. That's why we've had 29 lives. Wow. That's really interesting. And I want to get your take on this. And I I don't know if if, if I've told you about my personal contact experience yet, um, or if you've heard any of the shows where I've talked about it. But I have a much different understanding of my experience now than I did when it happened last year. Um, Last year, I had my first ever paranormal type contact experience, and it was through meditation. And I made contact with something that was emanating beautiful feelings of love that I've never felt before. I mean, just Mm, extraordinary. And then all of a sudden it starts communicating. It's psychic communication, instantaneous, Mm -hmm. Um, the most beautiful type of communication I've ever had. Before I could even finish asking it a question, it had the answer for me. Um, We had uh, it was a three day experience of meditation and me communicating with this entity. And it turned out to be uh, multiple entities the second time. But always beautiful experiences, always very um, enlightening. It it told me about a lot about myself, the path that I really want to be on and I should be on. And it helped me to kind of go on that path. You know, I quit a job that I hated. I started doing this full time. And it really it was after that experience that my life really took off for the better. And at first, I thought I was talking to aliens, (laughs) you know, but the more I looked into it and had uh, people that I talked to and then just uh, the more I did some research into it and um, a little introspection on it, I realized that it was probably my higher self and spirit guides that I was communicating with. And I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I think a hundred percent. It was your <laughs> spirit guide. Yes. Your yep. spirit guide. I, cause, cause Chris, that's exactly the experience that we had in the beginning through meditation, Mm -hmm. 
I started to experience, actually I talked to Carla's mother who had passed. And then the next person, our book, Mother Isabella, God and Elizabeth, the second person that contacted me was Isabella and she's never had a human life. And she told me she's been a spirit, my spirit guide with me for 6,000 years. And all of our books are communication from Isabella. Mm. All of our books are, are information that Isabella has been sharing on the quality of life and experiences that you need to have in this world to move on to the next. And that's what we've been trying to share for the last two to three, four or five years with all of our books is the experience a that meditation can do for people because it can be a beautiful experience just like you it can transform not only only your personal health but your personal well-being and how you plan to move forward it's gave us a purpose because we're having we're re, we're writing books because we have experience that other people haven't had much like you you could write down all of the things that happened during your three-day experience mm -hmm. and it, and start to relate it to all the other things you have experienced being on your show, how it connects to people, how it connects to this period, this thought of consciousness, how consciousness ex connects to your physical body and how your consciousness connects to this unseen realm, spiritual world, spirit guide source god creator this that is outside of what controls us physically that which is our spiritual growth and purpose and that's where we're trying to share with people now you have a chance to share some of that too yes and i've uh, i've talked to not only uh, people that are close to me that have had similar experiences but most of the the individuals that I have come across or that I know have had similar experiences uh, with contacting their spirit guides or some type of profound spiritual experience, it has changed their lives for the better. And I also found that it really doesn't happen until they're ready for it and they either go seeking it themselves or are in the place where they're ready to receive this because – my spirit guides told me whenever I was having this experience that it was time and that I was ready to receive the messages they had. And that's sort of the same communication that we got. I, you know, we were having despair in the office. I was having horrible things happening in life. Mm -hmm. Carla had some issues. Our spirit and that's, guides can I just say, sure. we learn through adversity. Yeah, that's part of it. But Chris, I am so happy this happened to you because there is a light in your eyes that was not there before. <laughs> you are a different person. I'm not kidding. Oh, yeah, I told I, Dave that. I feel to, like a different yes, person. Definitely. You are a different person. There's a light in you and keep doing it because, oh, it's it puts chills up my back that that <laughs> happened to you. And now it's easy for you for us to talk to you because you understand. Yes, yes, I have a much better understanding of, of a lot of our discussions after after this uh, happened. And I think that uh, it's a period of time where it's happening to a lot more people. Um, I'm hearing mm -hmm. more and more of these types of stories of people having these experiences. Is this something that you found is happening more often? If they would make the commitment to meditate, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to do that. They want to take the easy way out and, well, let's go have a past life regression. How about you put the work in, do the meditation, you know, learn it for yourself, connect because through that connection, you'll meet your spirit guide. And even if you think you're not, you are, um, and you'll feel that light in you. You'll feel better. All of those things. I mean, that's why Reiki works because, you know, you're able to connect um, through the light and you you'll just feel better so i'm glad you're meditating oh, yeah. and so for us chris there was a time when carla and i were on the exact same page with life stresses isabella said i literally heard you both pray for each other mm-hmm. and the time was right mm-hmm. for you to be connected and we started to learn about all these past lives and it did change the way we looked at everything Mm -hmm. Um, and so that that's where we're at in this and that's why we keep sharing the first book was really our experiences the second book had a some religious exploration as we looked at where reincarnation came and went within some religious things and we looked at some of the reincarnation research because there's a lot out there with kids with past life memories We went for past life regression training. We don't do it for a living, but we did because we wanted to share that experience with others too. And we continue to go forward on this, sharing all of our experiences. Um, And so again, in the manual, we start to share that our astrological signs start to influence some of our tendencies, which makes it potentially easier or harder to overcome the problems we've had in the past, which makes us focus on those problems. It it also explains why we get actual help related to a past life problem in the next life. We actually get angels that come to us to help us with the problem we had in the past life so we won't repeat the same mistakes. I was just about to ask you what your understanding of an angel is based on your experiences and all your research. Okay, so I'm I'm going to tell you a little short thing that is interesting because you certainly have readers and listeners who are into the book of Enoch. So I'm oh, going yeah. to just I'm going to mention this cuz this is what Isabella says. Isabella it, is his spirit guide my spirit for those guide. that don't know that. So there are angels, which literally do the work for God. Angels are not fallen. There might be some small reference to fallen because evil people are really just evil within ourselves. Dave, can I just jump in there? In In the manual, Chris, we actually detail all about angels. And there is a section in there about what the world thinks are fallen angels. We explain exactly who they were and what happened. So there's just these three. Um, They're related to Michael's legion and it's all explained in there, but I'll let you go ahead, Dave. So Enoch didn't quite get everything right. Enoch did see seven areas of heaven and we talk about seven areas of heaven in our book, seven seven planes planes of existence. Um, 
Enoch visited various places. It's interesting if you if you look at Hindu, you find all seven of the same places in the in the Hindu cosmology. You find an area where animals exist. All of that exists in the in the Hindu cosmology too. It it occurs with what Isabella has told us. It occurs somewhat in the book of Enoch as he discusses various planes of existence, lights and windows, and how the light shines out is all in the book of Enoch. He talks about the watchers and how the watchers are fallen. Isabella says the watchers are literally your spirit guide. The spirit guide watches from heaven and the fallen angels are us. We are from heaven and we have fallen back because we didn't do well in our first life. We made mistakes and we've had to return. We are the watchers because in between lives. No, we we're not the watchers. You said Isabella is the, the watcher. Isabella and those who have to return to earth are all both watchers. Okay. And so the, the fallen watchers are us. We've had to return to earth. And when we return to earth, if we're men, we find the next beautiful woman and we bring our sin back to earth. And that's really what Enoch is saying. The, the, it said fallen angels came back. They were the watchers. They returned to earth and had sex with women. <coughs> Excuse me. It's really, we return to earth. We come back to earth. We bring sin with us again. Excuse me. And by bringing it with us again, we can continue to perpetuate sin as far as, or our ego, as far as conceit, selfish, jealousy, and unforgiveness. Now, it returns as our karma. I, I remember last time we spoke, um, I believe that you were saying that the the entities that it, that reside beyond our spectrum that there aren't really any negative entities that you know we may be evil as humans and have the capability right. but all these entities outside the spectrum of our vision are benevolent is that right correct except now, those waiting to reincarnate so remember there are those who know they have to come back mm -hmm. some people get done they don't have to come back they're living in joy those who are going to come back are waiting for the circumstances that need to happen for them to return. It's part of that coordination. We talk about it in the manual. When they reach you, they have every desire to influence the world they're about to return to. So they may want to set the world up in a way that's pleasant for them. Now, if they realize that as they try to set the world up, it's pleasant for them, they're creating karma, even while they're waiting to come back. But it, they may want to influence you. So they tell you, you do this. If you do this, you'll get more money. Well, they know that that will influence the world that they're going to return to. And so they want to influence the world they're going to return to. So sometimes their intentions are not pure. That's why people respond and say ghosts are haunting them because the ghost is trying to, the spirit that is not in this world is trying to influence the world that it will return to. 
Now, what about, you know, entities called, you know, some called demons or, or other otherworldly spirits uh, that, you know, you wouldn't think that they those exist at all? I would say in our experience that there is no demon. The demon is within you. It is your desire for things to be different than they are, not wanting more than what you had, not just what you need. And remembering what you already know, what you were already taught. If you were taught, um, if you were raised in the Catholic Church and you were taught that there are devils and demons and you shouldn't meditate because you'll conjure them up. Well, the first time you do connect with somebody, what do you automatically do in your mind? You think it's something like that. And the other thing is, if you have a past life memory of something that's tragic and you think you're burning in the fires of hell, perhaps you had a life where you did burn up. Maybe your house burned up. Maybe you were back in the time that Nero was persecuting people and burning them in the Valley of Jehenim. And you have that memory. It would be easy for you to draw from that a past life memory. Yeah, I was just about to ask about um, negative near-death experiences that people have, you know, like just like you said, where they're burning in hell. Is this based Mm -hmm. off of the experiences they had in in this life or previous incarnations? And I guess you were kind of going into that. The answer to that would be yes, because that's Mm. what we see reported in most near-death experiences. It seems that their experience on Earth influences how they can communicate the experience they have over there. And And most of them do say they have a past life review or frequently they have a past life review. Well, if in your past life review, you were burned at the stake, certainly that's going to be something you could report. It felt like I was on fire. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you're worried in this world that you're going to hell, what's the purpose of hell? What's the purpose for consciousness to create hell? Why do we need to be punished for eternity? If the, if the part of our worldly experience is experience, which allows consciousness to communicate with each other so that we have shared experiences so that our consciousness can communicate forever what is the purpose of hell because whatever experience is what you had on earth is what you can share and if you're returning for multiple experiences and multiple lives till you clear the karma till you understand what love is then once you reach that the experience of hell no longer is necessary because you understand what the absence of love is and you understand what love is and you can share that experience with all other consciousnesses and with God, creator, source, Tao, however you want to describe. So you now have shared communication, shared experiences, and you will never be alone. That's the purpose of why we're here. So we learned that we're not alone, that we're all in this together, that we're creating experiences to share so that our forever is not empty. Our forever is filled with our memories. 
Now, would you say that this this realm and the the super spectrum surrounding, and you said the seven planes surrounding, you know, this realm, is that all there is when it comes to life in this universe, or do you believe that there are different uh, different planets with different realms surrounding them as well? All right, so that's some interesting questions. First of all, I'd say. The planets as we experience them are all within this universe. Mm -hmm. And I would say you got to, you have to realize if you go to the alpha constant, which is a, a number, I think it's one over 137, but it's all about Planck's constants, which is the smallest particle they've measured times electromagnetic fields and all these other numbers that come together. They get a very constant number that exists in this point, in this space, in our galaxy, on our solar system, which is part of the fine tuning argument that means life is coordinated here. And so if you look at some of the reincarnation research, I'll throw this out, it doesn't appear likely that we can cross species reincarnate. Uh, but the other thing is life that is here on this planet at this time is finely tuned to this carbon-based, oxygen, water-based situ situation. On any other planet, the farther you go in one direction, Planck's con or the alpha constant gets smaller as you go in one direction in our universe. And if you go in the other direction in our universe, alpha constant gets bigger when you move away from Earth. So life anywhere else, if present, cannot be this one. And so people who think they have a past life memory from another planet, they almost all tend to report that they were humanoid. Well, life on any other planet couldn't be. It wouldn't be carbon-based. It wouldn't be water and oxygen-based. There are other planets like ours, but it's actually extremely rare in our universe because not that many planets are this far from the universe. I heard Neil Tyson Lagrassi speak once and actually with the vastest of the millions of planets available, it when you start to talk about a planet that would actually hold life like ours, it comes down to about 4,000 in the universe. And if you talk about one that has a planet like Jupiter to our X outside that protects us from asteroid storm, it starts to make the number even smaller. And if you talk about Planck's constant, it may bring us to planets with life forms potential in the entire universe like ours to less than 20 or infinitesimally small versus the number of billions and billions of planets because we are so fine-tuned on this planet. That doesn't mean that it's not possible that other life forms will evolve or become on other planets. They can't reach us in the millions of light years and at the very extent of our universe, the universe expands faster than the speed of light. So we will never see the edge of the universe anyway. 
that gets us to a point that there are parts that we do not know and can never know. And what is beyond that? This world of unseen realm for the physical laws don't seem to apply. Right. Um, God, source, crowd, consciousness occurs. When, when you look at... Go ahead, Carla. Well, we should say, just to make it simple, Chris, mm-hmm. when Dave asked Isabella, is there life on other planets? Her response was, not yet. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. Now, I, I want to kind of shift this a little bit because when we look at what's happening right now on our planet and the, the turmoil and the different, um, you know, agendas and, and aspects of... of you know, um, fear that's being projected across our planet. Um, it seems that we have a split in our consciousness right now, in the collective consciousness. Some people are experiencing a pretty terrifying reality where they have to, you know, uh, comply to all these agendas or they're going to lose their livelihood. Some people are living in a reality where, you know, they're just going about their lives and it's just another day. So we've got a lot happening right now and there's this, I think there's this major split in our collective consciousness and different timelines basically going on do you think that this what's happening now could possibly have been created by our own subconsciousness because we want to get back to a better state collectively because we want to get back to closer to source so we might be creating a little bit of turmoil to get us there what are your thoughts on that i i think that's an excellent observation you know a First, I usually try to tell people that some of it is our all based on perspective mm-hmm. because we actually live in a world that is the least violent that it's ever been. We live in a world that has the least hunger than it's ever had. We live in a world that has the highest standard of living that it's ever had. Now, I don't disagree that there's an incredible income disparity. Mm-hmm. However, somehow the income disparity is pulling everyone up still. The means of production is greater. Now, in the middle of COVID, the world is starting to fall apart. Some of it is because we've become less connected, but we also are looking at production is dropping. Jobs are dropping. People are are afraid of what's gonna happen with their job. Mm. They, They feel like they're being controlled all of those things, we still have to start talking to each other about what's the best for humanity? What do we do for the collective whole? Because when the whole moves forward, it brings everybody with it. And just like you said, Chris, there is a spiritual movement throughout the world that's silent until recently and it's speaking out it's there's less stigma for Carla and I to get on here and say I had a spiritual experience and I'm going to share it and those people that don't like the fact that I say it they don't have to be my best friends (laughs) yeah you know what I mean because if I don't say it then you who had an experience while meditating won't say it. And the next person who had the experience while they were meditating won't say it. And the person won't even try to meditate. Mm -hmm. 
or they won't talk about their memory. They won't talk about their experience. They're afraid that somebody will think they're nuts. Yeah. Well, if we don't share the experience with everyone and try to reach out, the world can't grow because pretty soon I find out that Chris Matthews had the same kind of experience that I did. <laughs> yeah. And I'm on another podcast and somebody else had that same experience. Mm -hmm. Or somebody else came up and said, gee, I had a past life memory, I think. And this is what happened. I woke up and I was at the time between wake and sleep. And I had a memory, but it was more real than anything. And I knew people from this life then. And they, they share these experiences. And sometimes we have to do a past life regression and take them back and try to find it. But sometimes they have as many details that we can go back and we start to find parts of it. And then we hear about kids who have over and over again are reporting past life memories. Well, their parents have places to go and people to talk to now. They can go to the University of Virginia and Jim Tucker will come and, and talk to them on the phone and say, yeah, your story's pretty good and I'll come down and we'll document it. And so we have, you know, 2,700 past life stories of kids that have verification of dates and people and time and birth certificates. And they might have a scar where they were scarred in their past life. Yeah. And every one of those experiences starts to share someone. And when some medium says, I talked to so-and-so and the experiences was like this and somebody who has a near-death experience said, I died and my experiences was, was like this. And when somebody has a past life regression and or a past life memory and they say, I had a memory of life between lives that was like this. And we look at them and they're talking about I, I saw beings of light. <laughs> I felt overwhelming love. I felt a connection to everyone. I felt as if I traveled through space, time, and eternity in a moment. And life was beautiful. And I was connected to all there was. And felt only love. Yeah. And when there are thousands and thousands of those experiences throughout the world and we share them, Somewhere we're going to start to tell people that our experience is normal and the experience of dread of what comes tomorrow is not. Right. Trust the process. Love your neighbor as yourself. Try to do the next best thing. Smile and you'll notice that you smile at somebody and they smile at their next person and things start to change. Yeah, very well said. Anything to uh, add to that, Carla? Well, I just would like to say that um, our fourth book is totally different than our first three. Um, it is actually, um, it is called Herhuba and His Rose. It's a historical novel slash love story based in history during the second temple period of Israel approximately 2000 years ago. It's the complete story of one couple's life spanning over 70 years, but it, we are not the main characters. We are there during that time, but it's not about us. And um, just 
so I'll just say a couple things, but this in particular, the time period changed the perspective of the world forever. It changed the world from cause and effect or karma where you are responsible for your own actions to a world where anyone else can take your blame and your responsibility. So totally different. You won't want to put it down. It's, it's really got a good. love story. It's got some action in it. It's, it's got some religious history. There That's it is. great. Thank you for that because I was about to ask you uh, if you could tell us a little bit about what you've been working on. So great. Mm. And any idea when this uh, book should be released? It's out. We just oh, got out. our got... 24 copies yesterday. Yes. Sweet. Yep. All right. It's, and it's they been can... on Amazon for about a week. All yeah. right. Excellent. So we can find it on Amazon. That's great. Uh, David and Carla, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before you head out, let everyone know not only where you can find your books, your website is thegiftofpastlives.com, right? Correct. Yes. And please remember your local bookstores. COVID's done a number on a lot of the small people. So if you can order the books through your local bookstore, please try to do it. Yes. Otherwise, you know, Amazon you makes on, plenty of money. <laughs> yeah. Amazon, yeah. Barnes and Noble, the usual places. Um, and um, our website, you can order the first three books. Her Huba and His Rose is not available on our website, but it is available all the other usual places. But do remember your small bookstores. Definitely, and we will definitely have to have you back on in the near future to discuss the new book. Good. Thank you. Right. Yes, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. David and Carla, for coming on today, and we will talk again in the future. And until next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow.